And we say good afternoon to our vet, Dr. Bob Stabler. How are you today, Bob? I'm good, Dave. It's a privilege to be here. Always again. great to have you with us because we lean towards some behaviour issues and we know that our pets have got little quirky personalities, haven't they? They have, and that's what we're going to talk about today. They're different personalities and how we try and understand them and work with them. Many different personalities. That is what we will talk about today, that topic. Plus, Denny Boz is with us. I'll just quickly ask Denny, what have you got lined up for us today, Denny? Well, today we've got Julie Tolliday coming online. She's always great. And yes. we're going to talk about crate training. Okay, then. Yeah. That's what we're looking forward to. It's all part of Pet Chat, plus your calls today at 2 in your RFM 103.7. Julie Tolliday from uh, Barker's Imbalance. Hello, Julie. Hi, Danny. Look, thank you very much for coming on the show to talk to us about crating your dog. Yes. Mind you, it's not about crating your cat, is it? Not about crating a cat. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's no. crating a dog. Yes. Yeah, because it is popular. People are using the term, um, you know, crating uh, in relation to dog training. So can you explain to us what it is? Well, in simple to like physically what it is, it's a kennel with a door. That's how I explain it to people. And physically what they can look like is they can look like a wire cage with a door on it or they can be a moulded plastic uh, enclosure with a, a wire door on it. And it's a place that enables you to manage your dog, particularly inside. It gives you that spatial control of the dog. So why would uh, someone want to crate their dog? Well, the theory goes like this, that dogs are den animals. They do like little dark places, particularly if they're a little bit fearful. So it gives them a little safe, closed-in place that they can go to themselves or that you can put them in to feel so they can feel secure. And it's a defined place for the dog to sleep. So particularly for people who say, oh, look, my dog wanders around at night and it causes a bit of damage in the house or whatever, you can put the dog to bed in their crate. Once you've taught them that it's a happy place, a nice place, you can sleep them anywhere. They can sleep in your bedroom, in their crate. They can sleep at Nana's house in a crate and Nana doesn't say, get that dirty dog out of here. <laughs> uh, you can put them in a, a car and have them travel safely. Um, and Danny, you'll like this one. They're also good for toilet training. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd pick on me with that. And I, I do use crate training uh, for my dogs and my puppies. And I do have to say that um, in terms of toilet training, overnight crates are great because they, they don't want to pee on their bedding or in the confined space. Exactly right. Mm. And so I say, and when the puppies are very young, you have to keep your eye on the clock and give them, release them quite frequently, give them the opportunity to pee and reward them in the right place and then put them back in. And really, in physical terms, I say the crate helps you to help the puppy fill its bladder and not empty it in the wrong place. Are there any disadvantages to using a crate? Because you're asking me, I'm going to say the only disadvantage for me is convincing people that they're a good thing and mm. it's not putting your dog in a cage like they're in a zoo. And I, so I have to work on people, you know, really quite um, enthusiastically and say, oh, you'll get so much benefit out of this because people say, oh, no, 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 I can't put my dog in a cage. Yes, it, it does appear on the outside that it could be cruel. Yes, and that's what people will mm. say. Mm. And yet you can, my dogs have got the most luxurious fluffy pillows in their crates and they've got little canvas covers that roll up like little tents. Yep. And they're just as happy as 
dogs in mud. Well, I, I've got a t- uh, five-month-old puppy, a Weimarana puppy, and uh, inside the house in a crate. And it is amazing, even though she can, while we're awake, she can come out to the bed in front of the TV and all that kind of stuff. There are often times she'll just want to go by of her own self to the crate and yep. just stay in the crate because it is that den. Yes, and I've got a little dog that goes to be minded at a friend's place, and the friend has quite a lot of dogs, and she'll often find my little dog in one of her crates. She just likes to go and lie in the crate and and be in a safe place away from... Sometimes there's a lot of mad dogs at my friend's place. I know what it would be like. It's, oh, I've got my pink fluffy bed over here and my pink bone over here and my treats here. (laughs) She's got everything she wants. (laughs) (laughs) What are the advantages of crate training? Well, on a behavioural level, the dog understands that there are boundaries. Sometimes they're allowed to have a freer roam. Other times they've got to be in this more confined area. It also enables us to capture positive behaviours and reward them. So when the dog's first in the crate, you can reward them for lying down and being settled and, and sitting down. And it provides a familiar, stable place for the dog, and no matter where we take them. So it's like this portable, safe place where mm. the dog has a connection. We can use them in the lounge room. We can use them visiting people. And I've worked with a couple of people who've took them, taken them to dog training, and they've actually kept the dog in the crate at the sidelines of dog training till the dog's time is right for being in the class. Yes. Um, we also use them in growly dog classes as a safe and secure place where dogs can watch other dogs but not feel that they're out and exposed. And it's our way of being able to get those dogs to relax a little bit more in the company of other dogs. Yeah. At the end of the day, I do think there are a lot of benefits to crate training. So it's worthwhile for people to have a look, especially if you've got a puppy starting off from a puppy. Absolutely. Mm. The next time I get a puppy, it's going to be in that crate for toilet training right from the beginning and then in it as a... The other advantage, of course, if you've got kids in the house, there are times that kids and dogs don't mix. You can give the dog the safe place and say to the kids, the dog's in his bed and the dog's closed in Mm. and keeps the dogs and the kids separate. Well, I've got um, someone that has got a Weimarana, an older Weimarana. When their relatives come along, they they bring a Maltese Mm. over and the Weimarana and the Maltese don't get along. So the Weimaraner goes in her crate. Yep, and if the Weimaraner, it can settle in there. Mm. And sometimes I say to people, okay, we'll give them a little bit of compensation when they're in there, something nice to chew. So they're in their safe place, they've got something to chew, and so a yappy little Maltese doesn't matter. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for your time, as always, Julie. That's a pleasure, Danny. I'll look forward to talking to you next time. It's Pet Chat today, and now 24 minutes past 12. We'll continue with more and your phone calls on 49216216 coming up next. Easy listening to and you are FM 103.7, 28 past 12. You're with Pet Chat. We're here until mid uh, 1 o'clock today, and our phone number is 49216216. If you'd like to call through and have a chat to our vet, uh, Dr. Bob Stabler, he's ready for your calls now. And also Denny Boz is here, and we're looking at a, an interesting topic today. But before we get to that topic, which is about pets' personalities, I think, Denny, you had a question you wanted to put to Dr. Bob. Yes, being doctor, but we've got Dr. Bob on the show today. I thought I'd ask him this question. I've got a Weimaraner puppy, as you know. I breed Weimaraners. And it's 12 weeks old. It's going to go to its new owners. But I know it's a very headstrong puppy. It does what it wants to do. And if it doesn't get its way, it'll bark. It'll look at you. It's like you might uh, give us some stern warnings, but it doesn't work. So what can I tell these owners? Like, what do they need to do 
as new puppy owners to get this dog under the control because if they don't, it's going to get worse as it gets older. And now's the time to certainly do that. And the more you just set basic leadership frameworks, as we're talking off air, just about respect, about parenting, about authority. And it doesn't have to be horrible. It doesn't have to be nasty and crush them and destroy them. It's about helping them to realise in the puppy, if it sort of does bark back at you, you just look slightly away and say, no, nope, you get nothing for being rude. And then you might get break out a treat, ask it to come over and sit on the, a towel or a, or, or a blanket on the floor. And so it's sort of, and you'll see these sorts of dogs, they will literally look at you, look around the room and bark back and oh, a treat. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and they'll come over and they'll sit on the bed. Sometimes they won't. So you just say, no, bad luck, put the treat away and walk away. So they're trying to win all the time. It's very much office politics. Mm. The problem with using any strong techniques, grabbing it or throttling it or anything horrible like that, that from an animal welfare point of view you shouldn't do, more conflict escalates the whole situation. It just gets worse. It gets more aggressive. The animal is going to keep on trying to come back and is going to keep watching you. And you'll see them. They'll sort of walk around the wall or they'll just plant them smell plant themselves smack bang in the middle of the floor and say yeah come on and and so i can if, see that in this part oh yeah and and <laughs> and if you try and push it too much you 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 will just have a major problem and so mm. they need to start with the basics sit stay drop they need to as julie was saying before have a special spot you can retreat to your den and i shouldn't really say this on there should i but i remember one of my children you know you'd give them a bit of a talk and then they'd, they'd go right in front of they wouldn't do it straight back to us but they'd wander off down to their room and they'd, <laughs> and that's fine they're not doing it to you they're letting it out but learning to do it in an appropriate way yeah the same with the the, the dog it needs to have a frustration outlet mm. so you've told it to do something and so then you give it a toy and it can kill shake the toy and toss it around and and burn off some of that steam yeah. In fact, one of the vet nurses um, on Monday was saying that she has this horse that she's been working with for the last two or three years and just really hard to get through. And so she knows that she can get it to do stuff just in the middle of the ring, ask it to stop and, and then canter and then trot, just voice commands and the way she holds the body just while it goes around the outside. But then she knows she had to go, okay, off you go. And it kicks and 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 rolls and mm. tosses itself around. Oh, I hated doing that, but I suppose it was fun. And <laughs> and so it needs to have that outlet. I wish people could see his facial expressions. <laughs> when he does I, that. I wish I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's four nine two one six two one six. Would you like to give us a call? We'd love to hear from you. Oh, I can't see that. Can you read that, Denny? Kath's written something on the wall. There. Can you read it? I've got no idea. Something, Wayne, regarding snakes. Uh, it's, oh, we're talking about snakes. Is this Wayne, is it? Hello. Hello, how are you? How are you, Wayne? Very well. We've got our vet, uh, Dr. Bob, listening to you now. Um, can I speak to the pet man, Danny? Yes, yes. Danny, uh, just a question, mate. I won't take a lot of your time up. Yeah. I, um, years ago, I used to work with a chap in a restaurant called uh, Shangri-La Court. And every time he got into bed with a girlfriend, the snake, he had a big carpet snake, used to get oh, into bed with him. Okay. And I was just wondering, is there any way to discourage that? Oh. Discourage well, the girlfriend <laughs> from getting into bed or, or discourage the snake? The snake? <laughs> yeah. Or the snake. Well, you know, 
I would normally say there's a snake repeller, but it does need to be planted in soil <laughs> to be able to work effectively. And it's not going to work around the bed. around the perimeter of the bed. Yeah. Room. Perhaps just make sure it stays in its locked enclosure yeah. and I, doesn't come out when he goes to bed with his girlfriend. Good I, tip. I think it's very important that we set reasonable boundaries. And, yes. and that's one of those things. It's the girlfriend or the snake. Yeah. 49216216, if you'd like to call through to Pet Chat, 49216216 is the number. And a short break, and we're back next. It's Pet Chat, 49216216. If you'd like to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. Pet Chat today, 49216216. Let's continue with calls right now. Hello, who's calling Pet Chat? Yes, hello, Val, and you've got Dr. Bob listening to you now. Good, thanks very much. Look, uh, I have a problem with a cat. Um, it goes to either of places next door and brings home snakes. Ouch. What sort of snakes? Uh, usually brown. Yeah. We've, we've had two so far this year, and there's one under the house now. Um, it is really scary, not only for the cat, but for you. I had a lady last week whose cat used to actually bring back a little baby red snakes from the from the bush and, and deposit it on the little girl's bed. Oh. So you've got to be very careful about it. Um, what the cat is doing is trying to bring it back and... and um, and show a reward, sort of, yeah, you know, I'm really good at this, um, you know, I should be um, rewarded. So, but the important thing is to, um, yeah, if you, it's allowed to go through a cat flap or something, close the flap so you only let it back in when you say it's okay and that way you know that it hasn't actually brought something back. Um, certainly with the snakes, if they become a problem, you need to get a, a reptile handler to come and pick them up and take them back to an area of bush where Do it's Do you think safer. it comes back as if to say... Aren't I good? Look it what is. I got for you. Yeah, I got you a, a gift. It's a present, that, but it's a snake. It's it's sort of like a, a beheaded mice, <laughs> mouse that the, the cat brings and puts on the pillow. It's, you know, it's, the cat might think it's great, but you go, um, thanks, puss, but not really. <laughs> so um, the more we play with it inside, the more chance it might have of having fun. But when you compare the inside of a house to being outside in the bush for a cat, it's really difficult. The problem outside is as well that they can bring in um, endangered native animals and that's where it gets really scary because cats tend to target particular animals and so they like that one. So that's where they go looking for. They walk past lots of others to bring that one back. Mm. So it's, um, yeah, you've got to be really careful and certainly the cat is in danger. Okay, Val, hopefully that helps you. Keep it inside, Val. That's the most important thing. <laughs> Don't oh, let it get outside that. to get the snakes. 49216216, if you'd like to give us a call for Pet Chat. Now, I'm going to go out and live and say here, I think cats are weird. How can you be stroking it, patting the cat, nice cat, all of a sudden, it just turns on you and bites you like, weren't you enjoying that? What's It's a strange touch... personality. No, 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 that's very easily explainable. I call it a touch tolerance threshold. So it's the same as us, you know, we can laugh at some jokes and then, ooh, that was not a good one. Uh, same as touching. Some people are very much into touch and stroking and it's okay. Other people, they're, yeah, I like you from a distance. <laughs> and so the cat actually gets to its threshold and instead of it being nice, it actually hurts. There's a, a saying that Winston Churchill made and that was to say, cats look down on us, dogs look up at us and pigs Think of us as equals. <laughs> right. So that might explain your question. Cats are very different, and and, yeah. the, and they're they're different from dogs. And and like um, yeah, mice aren't small rats. It's that that dogs and cats are different, and that's the joy of having them, finding out what their personality is like, and working with that. So you've got to know that the personality is partly genetic, like us. We're a product genetically of our parents, but also it's how our parents raised us. 
then it's up to us to make those decisions. So like a dog or a cat, they've got to come from their maternal environment and then come out to the new house, learn the ropes. I have some animals that people say, you know, four to six weeks, it seemed to be really nice. And then it suddenly changed. Well, no, what it's been doing is actually learning the personality of all the different people, knowing who is the easy touch, who's the one to really take on as a bit of a, a challenge, and they, and they work it out. And this, yeah, the true personality of the animal comes through. So mm. you've got to be really careful, watch them closely, as we are talking about before, basic parenting principles, boundaries, leadership, respect, rewards, and that helps them to learn, cats or dogs, birds, all the same thing, the more you work with them, the more you'll see their potential. And it's games for, for people with dogs. They say, look, a single animal in a house, single dog, should be able to learn 40 toys by name. And that's mm. relatively quickly, one toy each week. Um, now, not to be disparaging, but Shih Tzus are a bit independent and aloof. And so I said this to a guy once. And I said, look, it is a Shih Tzu, so it might take you a bit longer. <laughs> so I'd set a challenge for him. So he came back six months later and said, well, I've got news for you. <laughs> I taught my Shih Tzu how to do this. Oh, and by the way, I learned how to play the guitar in that six months too. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> so he, he, was, he, he proved me wrong. That's great. Um, but it's, it's setting that challenge. And the more you spend time playing, the more you find out about the personality the more you'll find which particular games they might like that you then know how to extend that. It's like teaching. Okay. You find out what kids are like and you try and extend them in that, that favourite area. Yes, they still have to do English and maths and science, the basics, but, hey, that art is amazing. Now let's try and incorporate those other key learning areas into art. We're talking about pets' personalities today. We'll continue to do that soon for Pet Chat at 2NURFM 103.7. Easy listening to in your RFM 103.7. We like that peaceful, easy feeling from the Eagles. It's 16 to 1. It's Pet Chat, 49216216. If you'd like to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. And you can talk to our vet, which is uh, Dr. Bob. He's with us today. And we continue with uh, calls right now. We're saying hello to Topsy, who's with us. Hello, Topsy. How are you? Okay. How can we help you today? Um, I've got three dogs. Two of them are fairly old and a young one. But the middle one and the youngest one is taken to the oldest one. They're, they're, they're bullying him and targeting yes, him? Yes, and belting him and um, biting him and everything. And that's been over a period of time or just recently? No, just lately. It may be that the older one is actually um, unwell. Yeah. Have you taken him to the vet recently for just a general health check? No, not yet. I've just haven't had the money to do it. I've just got to get some money to do him. Yeah, I would do that because... Um, it, these sort of um, hierarchy challenges and changes are often related to if that older one was sort of in charge um, and it's not feeling well, then the other ones think, right, it's our time. Let's uh -huh. take, let's do a, 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 a takeover. So yeah. okay. I would check the older one for health. I would separate them um, certainly for food um, and for play yeah. so that they don't, when they're excited, take out that excitement on the older dog. Yeah. And again, they have to, like, like we have to learn in life, we have to respect older people. Yeah. And so we're asking them to sit, stay, drop and be good together. And mm -hmm. then when the other one's present and then playing with the younger two again for a couple of minutes, so they're excited, and yeah. then sit, stay, drop with treats for a couple of minutes yeah. and then let them burn off that extra energy again. But you can't let them fight it out. A lot of people say that. Don't do no, it. No, I don't. I try to sit them up. We d yeah, it's like parenting again. We can't let that happen in our children. We have to help them to respect each other. Yeah. So when they're in community, they can realise that, you know, in the workplace, sometimes things don't go well. 
we have to, yeah, be strong and work through it. Yeah. And so I would certainly take the older one for a health check and okay. see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, feed totally separately, two to three times a day, little bits of play and exercise, and try and help to interrupt and redirect their bullying of the older dog. There you go. Hopefully that helps you. Thank you for your call, Topsy. And 49216216 if you'd like to give us a call. Now, we're talking about pets' personalities. Let's talk about dogs. How is it that a human can try and work out what sort of personality your dog has? How do we go about that? The the more you spend time with them, relationship time, the more you see how they respond to different things. So when you're on a walk, they might ignore cats. Uh, They might want to go and play with small, white, fluffy dogs. They might be a bit uncertain about German Shepherds. So you're watching and picking up which ones they might get on with or not get on with. And you know, okay, they might be okay with that one, but I'll keep my distance from the other one. It may be that they were attacked by a German Shepherd in the past. It might be that they, yeah, um, didn't like cats or they've been beaten up by one, so they're pretending to look really tough. (laughs) They're actually scared. And so you've got to watch that whole body language thing, the face, the eyes, the ears, the tail, the way the head is carried, and just the way they walk. Again, studying people, it's just fascinating. You can actually tell a lot about a person's personality from the way they walk and how they talk. And so looking at the animal, spending time with it in play, in training, on walks, in at home when they're sitting on their um, special bed near the lounge, and you get up and play with them for a bit during the ad break, and then sit down and they're sensible again, can they sit down? One Doberman I remember in particular was really upset about um, the people watching the telly. And so it sort of, you know, would try bringing a toy over and try and uh, sit their head in the lap. And then uh, it realised it wasn't going to get anywhere. So it went and dra- grabbed its beanbag, dragged it in front of the telly and then went flop straight into it. <sighs> and a great big sigh. <laughs> so effectively the people knew that it was a bit upset about them sitting watching telly all the day. So they uh, went and took it for a walk. <laughs> And the Doberman thought it was really good and got some time. That's how you understand personalities. Do you see this, Denny, with with your breeding of the dogs and you get a a litter, you see the different personalities in them? Yeah. Even like if it's eight puppies, ten puppies, six puppies, they do have each their own individual character and temperament. And and they're friends as well, the ones they hang out. They do. That's right. As a breeder, you always try to breed so it's a fairly even-looking litter and also fairly even temperaments and character, but you still get differences. You're always yeah. going to get that, the genetics, mm. genetics, the way that actual particular genes combine. My four kids are like Karen and myself, good bits and bad bits of Karen and myself, <laughs> but hey, you know, they've got to use that and learn to use that for good rather than evil. Did I, did I say that on air? <laughs> that anyway. Star Wars? <laughs> Sorry. Darth Vader or something. <laughs> So it's the same with animals. We have to help them to be good. But then it's the owners, once they they yes. get their puppies, who can then mould them for the rest of their life. So while they have that certain amount of temperament and character, then they've got to mould and control yeah. that. Yeah. And, and some people think, you know, their, their Maltese or whatever is, is going to be a Border Collie. Mm. And I'm sorry, they're different breeds. That gives you a bit of an idea. Still within that breed type, yes. have so many different personalities. But as a general rule, and dogs are breedist. Mm. They really do. Border Collies like to play with other Border Collies because they play like Border Collies. It's so much more predictable. And so the more we um, spend time with them, we'll understand them so much better. It's 49216216 if you'd like to give us a call for Pet Chat. 49216216 at 2 in your RFM. Now, eight minutes to one, Pet Chat. Let's continue with some calls right now. And we're having a chat in Ashtonfield to Denise. Hello, Denise. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. And you? Very good. We've got our vet, Dr. Bob, listening to you now. Thank you. How can we help you? 
Uh, Dr. Bob, I have um, three dogs. I've got a six-year-old Pomeranian boy, 13-month-old Tibetan Spaniel girl, an 11-month-old uh, Cavalier boy. Most, he's the most recently acquired. Yep. Um, obviously, the personality mix is extremely interesting. They're all very different. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, which is one of the you know one of the things I love about them. Exactly. Um, the only thing with the Cavalier is that I'm finding him, particularly compared to the other two, that he's quite boisterous, um, which I'm pretty much handling okay. But he tends to be extremely um, attention getting um, and territorial of, of me in particular. Um, he won't allow the other two to come near me when um, when I'm out, outside with them or playing with them or feeding them. Um, and if I, I, I've spoken to my vet about it and she suggested to ignore the negative behaviour because initially I was pretty much um, telling him not to do what he was doing, like uh, stopping them from coming near me and running in front of them and... And not barking at them or being aggressive, but just being... St- Body just- language, shoulder barge, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the vet suggested that I should should not be trying to stop him, but I should just ignore that. Um, but I found that that wasn't working. Um, if anything, he's probably doing it more. And um, I, lately, when I bend down to pick up the other dogs or to pat them, he will jump up and grab my hair and actually yep. pull my hair, <laughs> yep. uh, um, which I'm assuming is, you know, like saying, hey, don't pat them, pat me. Um, so, yeah, it's not... I wouldn't say the condition's getting better. No. So, the problem is, Denise, is that, that it's nice to ignore things, providing they're not really important, and so we need to interrupt and redirect. So um, if he is bullying the other ones, that's not part of the way we live in our family. So you pick him up and take him away, isolate him from that situation. You might go through a couple of stages. Okay, come over here, step on my side. I'll hold you here while the other ones come over on the other side of you. So he literally can't get there. The One of the things that's happening if he's 11 months of age is he's actually going through a developmental life stage change. So um, hormones are surging, even if he is desexed. He's just going to be a bit more pushy around that one year of age, one and a half year of age. That's when he's going to be a bit more demonstrative of what he's trying to do. But you can't let him bully the other two, especially Poms. They internalise a lot of stress and they will actually stand there and look as though they're okay, but inside they're shaking. So um, you've got to pick him up, take him away from that situation, little bits of sit and stay on his own so that when he's with the other ones, you can say, okay, over there, Cav, please ask him to sit on his bed while the other two come over to you. If he can't do that on lead, holding him on the other side of the lounge while they come and say hello, it may be that you have to put him outside when Mm. you say hello to the other two. It's Pet Chat. Hopefully that helps you there, Denise. Thank you for your call. As we continue with Pet Chat today, hello, who's calling? It's Grant. Hello, Grant. You're at East Maitland, and you've got two very big dogs. What kind of dogs are they? I have a red cattle dog. And I have a bull Arab. Yep. And how can and we help you? Sex. Yep. And I take them for walks in the morning and the afternoon, and I take them on one lead. They've got a V, v yep. lead and run them yep. off, which actually has to use a D shackle because they broke the last one. Yes. But every time they see a dog, they want to go and play with them, but they're a bit big to go and play with, and they will, and because it scares other people. Yep. How am I going to control these dogs so I can walk past other dogs? The important thing is distance, so try not to get too close. The further away you are, then the more you have a bit of control. 
Whereas once they step over that line, and that's sometimes difficult to find, it might be 30 metres, it might be 100 metres, but you stay around that line asking them to sit and stay and look at you. If they don't take treats in that scenario, they're already too far uh, gone. They can't control themselves. So you're asking them to be sensible. um, And if you see the other dogs before they do, ask them to sit next to you and just put your body as a partial barrier to, to where the other dogs are, get them to focus on you. And then if they see the other dog, ask them to look back again. They can look at the other dog, but look back at you and reward them for that. And then just move a bit closer. But if they're a bit silly, um, just instead of pulling against them, because that's two <laughs> fair-sized animals you're trying to pull against. So like in a, uh, a rip in the ocean or going with a current in a river, you swim to the side, you don't try and swim against the current. So you go to the side behind a tree or a bush or a car. And so the further that barrier is there, then they settle down a bit and you can redirect them to something else. Two dogs together are going to bounce off each other. So it might be good also to take them for a five-minute walk separately so they're actually learning to listen to you in that situation. But when they're together, they will very much yeah, tag team and, and, and take on that situation. And I've got two of us. What have you got? So doing it very slowly and carefully, but I would say very much from a big distance, don't go too close. The closer you are, the less control you have, the more they are going to potentially break that um, de-shackle. Or the, um, you can get from Bunnings um, just the clips that you put on shade cloths. So it's actually really high tensile steel stuff. And that's really good because it's a bit stronger, but the same as any lead, it just depends on how well that is made. Okay, there you go, Grant. Thank you for your call. It's Pet Chat. We do it every Wednesday from midday to one. Now, Denny, have we got any shows on this weekend? Any dog shows? Just on Sunday at Hillsborough Dog Show Grounds, there's the Australian Silky Terrier Club holding their show. So if someone is interested in an Australian Silky Terrier breed, beautiful dog, small dog, um, go, go by there and have a look, talk to the breeders. Okay, so that's the one that we know of. That's mm. at the showgrounds. And just to finalise, anything else you'd like to share with us about pets' personalities, please? I think the big thing is relationship time. The more you spend with them, the more you understand them. It's like selecting a life partner or it's, it's yeah, the more you do that, the more you understand it, the far, far more enjoyable it is mm. rather than trying to say, look, you know, I'm in charge. You will do what I want you to. Yeah. That doesn't work. No. It's not the way society lives. So we have to try and spend that time, encouragement and happiness and hopefully they have a, a happy pet parenting experience. Different way of approaching an outdoor dog to an indoor dog? It's all the same, really. Yeah. It really is. You've got to spend the time, same as cats, as we are talking about before. They are different, mm. but if you give them little challenges, hey, you're going to see some amazing stuff. Okay, wonderful. You'll be back with us again next week. We'll I look will forward be. to that. Yes, we're going to talk about choosing a pet. Okay, good topic there. And Dr. Bob Stabler, he's our vet. He'll be back with us again when we do Pet Chat next Wednesday from midday. Danny, what about you? Will you be with us? Yes, I will be. I'll be back next week, Dave. We'll look forward to that. That's our Pet Chat. We want to thank you so much for being part of it today. And uh, we'll look forward to your company next week. Don't forget, if you missed any of it, you can hear it as a podcast. Just go to 2NURFM.com and you can listen to what we spoke about. Or you can tell friends if you heard something and uh, you thought they might be interested in it. Just let them know.